We talked about the book of James uh, helps us uh, to talk about maturity. I gave you four things. I told you, what, I told you maturity is not something. What, what, what did I tell you maturity is not? Parents and achievements. Amen. Amen. That's a blessing. Amen. So maturity has nothing to do with age. Doesn't matter how old you are, you can still be immature even as an older person. All right. I've seen older people throw tantrums. Amen. Uh, but I told you there are five marks. All right. So this review time. Five marks. And we're going into this discipleship learning, uh, learning how to apply it, you know, kind of teaching. And I gave you, I told you there are five marks of a mature Christian. What's the first mark? All right. Number one, a mature Christian is positive under pressure. Positive under what? Pressure. Amen. Number two, a mature Christian is what? sensitive to who? To people. Amen. They they understand how they treat people. Amen. Is very important. Are y'all with me? They don't insult. They don't exploit. Amen. But immature people are insensitive to other people. Are you with me? The next thing is, number three, a mature Christian has mastered his mouth. Amen. Uh, he, he has what? Mastered his what? Mouth. Now, you may sit here and say, I've been in church a long time. In other words, he knows how to use his words because we're going to go through all of these. That was just the overview, okay? So he has what? Mastered his what? His mouth. Amen. Number three. He is a peacemaker and not a what? Troublemaker. All right? He's a what kind of person? Amen. What, what causes fights? Selfishness. Amen. Amen. Selfishness causes fights. And so, in other words, this person here knows how to be a peacemaker. They don't judge. Uh, it's God's job to judge. Amen. Number four, a mature Christian is patient and prayerful. Patient and what? All right. So for the interest of learning now, give me the four things that maturity is not. So Sarah, you had it. It's not what? Age. Appearance and what? Achievement. Let's pray. Lord, I pray today that you would bless us, forgive us of our sins, clear our hearts and minds. I believe that you have something powerful to deliver to your people this morning. Forgive me of my sins, clear my mind and heart, and allow me to deliver the word that you have so prepared for your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank God. Four things maturity is not. Give it to me. And what? 
age, academics, and achievements. All right, just because I have achieved, you know, you know, if somebody comes in here today and they're a millionaire, we would think, oh yeah, they are so, oh man, we would treat them, you know, and matter of fact, the book of James talks about that, about showing partiality, and we're going to be going through the book of James. So what I would like you to do to prepare yourself each week, I want you to read, start reading through the book of James for me, okay? Read chapter 1. Uh, yeah, read the whole of chapter one for next week, right? So when you come back, you kind of know where I'm going with this, right? So today's NLT, yes, yes. The New American Standard is for Bible study and the NLT is for devotional reading. So if you start reading out of the, out of the NLT, you will understand. Very clearly. Do we have the NLT version up there on, on the screen? Look and see if we have that version of the Bible. I want to put it on the screen because I want to show you the NLT version, which I want to start getting some of those for you guys to have. And you can pull it up on your phone too. Um, you know, it's a great version. I endorse that version so for better understanding. All right? So you're reading something, you don't understand it. When you start reading it out in NLT, you start understanding a little bit more, all right? All right, so give me the five marks. Is it five? Five marks. All right, no, 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 no. All right, give me the first one. Positive under pressure. All right, what's the next one? Sensitive to what? People, all right? Number three. All right? Number four. All right? Number five. All right, now let me ask a question. Remember, we're doing something a little different. How are you going to start applying this to your life? Let me ask you that, and let me ask you something else. Um, what does this mean to you now? All right? So, Sarah. Before you just say it. Okay, how are you going to do that? Master your mouth. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very good. Being more aware. Because here's the thing, y'all. I don't want you to think we can mysticize this. God wants us to do something. I read something out of the NLT yesterday, right? He says, some people believe faith by works. But when someone works, he gets what? Paid. But salvation is a gift. Oh, I wish I had somebody. So therefore, you can't work for your salvation because you can't work for a gift. Hello, somebody. So God has given us a what? A free gift. And so therefore, you have the power through the Holy Spirit, watch this, to master your mouth. Amen. All right. Somebody else. Tell me what fits for you. What do you need to work on in that area as far as your maturity? Uh-huh. Well, just give me one. <laughs> give me one. Just give me one. Just give me one. And how are you going to do it? Okay. 
Okay. Okay. Okay, being more understanding. All right, all right. Amen. That's some, that's some good dialogue here. See, here's the thing I'm realizing. I've been telling you this, right? I've been teaching a whole lot. You're getting a lot of content until we start dialoguing about it. How is it going to work in my life? I'm just getting information without what? Application. All right, somebody else? Come on. You know what? That's a good point because sometimes in the heat of the moment, by myself, amen, in the heat of the moment, amen, we can say some stuff that, that, that will make us say, man, did I just say that? You see what I'm saying? And, and I want to say this to you. Is if it happens, it does not mean you're, you're not saved. It just means you have not matured yet. Watch this. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child. I used to reason like a child. I was thinking. Amen. I used to act like a child. But when I became a man, I matured. Now, what does it mean when I became a man? See, there are some natural things that happens to you as you sit under the word of God, watch this. I want you to think about this. You've been born again, right? You are now, watch this, linked into God's kingdom, right? Let, let me just use this phrase. The umbilical cord that connects you, watch this, to get your nutrients is God and his word. Hello, somebody. Now, if you cut that umbilical cord, hello, somebody, by not getting enough word, come on, help me, by not getting enough worship, by not getting enough fellowship, enough praise, right? What happens to you as a Christian, you stay in an infant stage until you get reconnected. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the what? branches every washes branch does not that does not what stay in me watch this doesn't belong to me amen so here's the thing i want you to think about it like this your growth your growth is predicated upon you hearing the word and then beginning to apply the word. And until that process is happening on a regular basis, you and I will stay the same. So I've seen people who get saved and they never change. You're saying to yourself, man, they've been in church like a long time, but they still fighting. Hello, somebody. They still... Cussing, they still tripping. They, you know, I mean, at some point, you ought to look at yourself and say, something ain't right. My thoughts are not changing. So, so here's the thing. Watch this. If we have children, right? Now, what do we do for our children? 
We provide for them, correct? What do we provide? Food. What I call the basic needs and then some. All right? Watch this. If you don't provide a shelter or covering for your kids, what does that make them? Ah. When you don't come into the house of God, hello, I'm talking to you now. God now is your spiritual, he is your father. He gives you a house, he gives you a covering. See, and oftentimes we're trying to grow apart. Hello, somebody. And we're wondering why we haven't matured yet, right? Now, 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 I didn't mean to stay there long. I, I wasn't meant to be there that long. But I wanted to review this. Heard you had something. Go ahead. <clears throat> Ooh, yes. That's another good one. Remember I've been preaching about pressure? How do you, how do you overcome that? What have I been saying in my sermons on Sunday? What did Nehemiah do? Uh, 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 that, don't overlook, don't just say that real lightly. Nehemiah did not retaliate because he was a mature leader. So what did he do? He prayed about it, y'all. And when you're under pressure, you got to know, you got to know how to just call on the name of God and trust him so much so that you see it come to pass. Somebody here, I want to tell you something. The pressure's on, but you got to hold on to God's unchanging hands because the reality of the situation is this. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, the question is, do you really believe it? See? Now, if you believe it, watch this, it will become real in your life. Are you with me? So today I want to talk about how to profit. You say, Pastor, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. Are you, are you saying, maybe, maybe you got that mixed up. Maybe you got that mixed up. Because first of all, the word profit and the word problem don't go together. It just don't go together. So go to James for me. James chapter 1. We have the NLT up there? Oh, no. Oh, shoot. That's going to stay right there. <laughs> shoot. That's going to stay right there. <laughs> Amen. Shoot. <laughs> $29 on a Sunday morning. Are you saying the devil is alive? Amen. <laughs> what the? All right, okay. See, now I got to figure out how I'm going to handle that. <laughs> Let, positive under pressure, all right? <laughs> Amen. Lord Jesus. James chapter 1. Let's look at it. Verse 1, it says, James a what? Of who? And of, of, of who? Jesus Christ. To the 12 tribes, I like what you said, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
You see, uh, let me say this. James is the half-brother Jesus. They grew up together. James did not confess Christ until later on after Jesus had resurrected. Tell your neighbor there's a danger in familiarity. Can you imagine they grew up in the same house and Jesus would say, hey man, you got to believe in me. He's like, man, are you crazy? <laughs> are you crazy, man? You must be out your mind. But after Jesus had resurrected, he went and got his brother and his brother became the leader of the church. Amen. Tell your neighbor, God gives second chances. Amen. Can you imagine that? You grew up in the same house. Y'all wore the same clothes probably. Played marbles together. Amen. Jesus was a carpenter. You know, they probably built stuff together. And he kept saying, hey, man, you got to believe in me. You got to. He's like, man, man, who you think you are? You think you, you, you acting bigoty. You come on somebody. I just used the old word on y'all right there. Amen. What's, what's the problem here? Right? And so Jesus is raised with James. James now becomes the leader of the church. But the context to this passage, it says to the 12 tribes who are dispersed abroad, greetings. Now, James is talking to the Jewish people who were living at that time in Jerusalem. Watch this. Christians at this time, this is 70 or 60 to 70 A.D., Amen. Nero is in power. Jesus has gone off the scene. It has been some 40 years since Jesus was on the scene. The church now is going on. Watch this. I'm bringing some church history to you. Watch this. Christians are being persecuted because the Jewish people and the Christians are having an issue with the Roman culture. Watch this. And, and, Christians were hated for what they believed. You think that you're going through some stuff right now? If you named your name as a Christian back then, they would bring you before the emperor and the emperor would say, are you a Christian? If you are a Christian, denounce Christ, bow down to the emperor, right? And if you don't, you will go to death. Amen. Nero now, who was in power, the emperor at that time, Nero had a master plan to rebuild Rome. So what he did is that he burnt it down. Jerusalem, I mean. He burnt down the city, and who does he blame? Christians. May I tell you something? The first, the, the first 300 years of Christianity... All Christians were persecuted for what they believe. Are you with me? Now watch this. James now is writing to them. See where it says, oh, go on back, go on back to verse 1. Where, where it says what? Dispersed. So in other words, I, I want to I show you something. Watch this. You ready? So there's a twofold <clears throat> there's a twofold situation here. Number one, they're being scattered all over the world. 
See, sometimes, see, there's a flip side to the coin. Sometimes God has to allow persecution, problems, because we are stuck where we are. He told them, his last words he told his disciples, he says, go ye therefore into all the world. Amen. But watch this. The only way to get them out into the world. Sometimes you're sitting there saying, Lord, why am I going through all of this? Why do I have so much trouble? Maybe God is trying to get you out of your comfort zone to move you to the place where you can share your testimony and you can share Christ. So James writes to them, watch this, to a people. Can you imagine this? We're being persecuted. Watch. This is what Nero used to do. He used to take Christians, put them in his garden, open the door of his, he, he you know, lived upstairs, right? He would stand out on his terrace and look out at nighttime and they would light up Christians, torch them so that his garden would have lights at nighttime. That's the kind of persecution that Christians were going through. Do you know how many denied him? Because they didn't want to go through the problems and the pressure or even death. And the question I have for you today, would you die for your faith? Now, this is the context that this book is being written in. And so the recipients of this book, you know, I, I mean, I can imagine, I can't imagine, but I can imagine some of them saying, have you lost your mind? You know, I've got people, they say, Pastor, I'm going to, I say, I say you got to pray about it. But Pastor, that's just not good enough. I, that's just not good enough. I, you know, I'm going through some stuff. I, I said, you got to pray about it. Said, pray about it. Pray. What do you mean pray about it? See, see, sometimes it's hard to negotiate with people. Hello, somebody. And talk to people when they're under pressure. Sometimes when people are going through problems, they are not profiting for their, from their problems because their perspective is wrong. Are you with me? So, so can you imagine being the recipient of this? He says to them, greetings. <laughs> and, and, and he says, he says, verse 2, the question is, how do I profit from my problems? Are y'all with me? And so he says, what does he say? Consider it all joy. Now, anywhere you slice joy, <laughs> you'll come out with the same thing. <laughs> joy just means joy. I mean, you could try to break down the word in Greek. It just, it's just joy. Uh, well, let, let me ask you this. What's your concept of joy? <laughs> See, we may have a context and concept of joy, but now, I gave you the context. So, can you imagine how hard preaching was then, like it is now for me? <laughs> can you imagine how, can you imagine like, as a preacher, how discouraged you can be that God is telling you to tell them, hey man, have joy. So, there are four facts 
of life you need to know. Number one, you ready for this? Problems, first, first point, that may be my only point. Problems are inevitable. Write that down. Problems are what? It's inevitable. Uh, it doesn't matter. Don't be surprised. Don't don't be don't be what? Surprised. Oftentimes. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Oftentimes, saints, we get we get thrown. We get doubtful. As long as you live, you're going to have problems. Some form of problem. It's inevitable. It will happen. And so it's about preparation more than anything else. And oftentimes we don't prepare properly for our problems. But the thing about it is, look what he says. He says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials Look what he says next. What does he say next? Read it for me. Huh? Huh? Tell your neighbor, inevitable. (laughs) Inevitable. That's where we get inevitable from. It's going to happen to you. My question is, the next thing that you go through, how are you going to come out? And you've been in church a little while, but you keep coming out the same way, broken, broken further from God, you're not stronger, you're not better, you're not wiser because of it. But I believe that you and I, we talked about Satan for a long time. Now we're talking about taking what we've learned and applying it to our situations in life. Go, go, go to this scripture. I'm coming back here. I'm coming back here. Knowing, knowing, right? Go to this scripture. Go to First Peter Chapter 4. <clears throat> now, now I, want, I want to show you something. Oh, man. This is powerful. He says, beloved. Now, notice. Beloved. You know who he's talking to? Christians. You and I. Beloved, do not be what? Huh? Do not be what? Surprised at the what? Now, now notice this. <laughs> he didn't just say ordeal. That's the part that really gets me. But he says the fiery ordeals. Now, let me tell you what that word ordeal means. See, I believe you can profit from your problems if you look at it biblically. The word ordeal in the Greek, the word means to refine. Could it be that what you're going through?
through right now, God is trying to surface some stuff to refine you. See, because you didn't know you had the ability or the capacity to say or even think the things you were thinking until you came under ah, a fiery ordeal. Notice it's fiery ordeal because it's for refining. How does God change a person? You have, the only way we are going to change if we go through our fiery, he said, don't be surprised. And I think for me, I get caught off guard and I'm really blown back because I can't believe this is really, is this really happening? Did this person really say that about me? Did this, did, did they really went, they really went there? I can't even believe, I stand back sometimes saying, I can't even believe that they would say that stuff to me. But it's, it's surprising but he said, don't let, don't, don't, listen, it's inevitable. Problems are what? Inevitable. But don't you be a problem chaser. That you get in your mind, oh, a bad thing's going to happen to me all the time. You know, a pastor says it's inevitable, it's coming today. And we're just walking around. Now, people think like that, seriously. What, what he's saying, even though it's inevitable, Watch this. We have to know how to take what Satan wants to use to destroy us. We need to use it to develop us. There's a difference. Lord, yeah, they talked about me. They lied on me. Now, how am I going to respond to that? Oh, oh, okay, God, maybe what you're trying to do, watch this, is to what? Refine me. Maybe you're trying to show me I'm not as strong as I think I am. Listen, saints, I'm not comfortable being the man I am today. I'm not comfortable. I don't feel like I've arrived and I don't even feel like, listen, I think there's still more to learn. There's still more to grow. I have more to do. Amen. But God has to test me in order to trust me. I just said something. Listen, we want a bigger church. Bigger church comes with bigger problems. Can our leadership handle the problems that will come? Accusation. Amen. Uh, personalities, attitudes, all kinds of stuff. And so, and in your life, let's talk about your life for a minute. Let's talk about your life for a minute. Amen. You want a next level, but can you handle next level? Because some little things right now are tripping you up. And if you can't get over those little things, how can you go higher? Does that make sense? He says, do not be surprised, beloved. Just keep that word beloved in your mind. He says, of the fiery ordeals which comes upon you. For your what? You know, you know, you know, this is different than the word peripipto. It's a different word. It's a different word. This word 
This word has the idea, it's trials. Why would God, why would God watch his children suffer? Why, why are you doing this to me? Why am I suffering so much? Son, daughter, I love you. But I realize something about your heart. See, your heart is like stone. See? And, and here's the other thing. You're stubborn. And here's another thing. You're stuck in your ways. And here's something else. Here's something else. Amen. You, you got the wrong view of yourself. So I have to put you through something to put you to the test to prove your character, to refine your character. He says that we can profit from our trials, our problems, if we look at it. It's not in, the, it's not in here. If we look, it's just heaven just came down. If we look at it as a test. God, you're testing me. You're testing me. That's what you're doing. God is testing me. Now watch this. He says, uh, a fiery ordeal among you which comes upon for your testing as though what? Some strange thing. See, you know what happens here with us? Ah, Lord. We look at, this word means to be foreign. Let me, let me just say this to you. What just happened to you ain't new. It happened to you before. <laughs> I'm saying one more time. Why do you keep going through the same thing. You didn't pass the test. <laughs> Newsflash. You, you didn't pass the test. So you feel like you're going through a cycle. And then you throw up your hands in the air and say, God, God, how long? How long do I have to go through the same stuff all the time? The reason you're going through the same stuff is because you haven't passed the same test. Now watch this. In seminary, we have different programs. There is an associate's degree. There is a bachelor's degree. There is a master's degree. There is a doctoral degree. Now watch this. On the associate's level, we take theology. On an associate's level. And at the end of that program, you have to pass the test. Then when you finish with your associate's, you go to the bachelor's degree, you're going to take theology again. Somebody asked me a long time, why do I have to keep taking theology? I said, because it's a different level of theology. There is systematic theology. There's biblical theology. Amen. And, and here's the thing. 
Watch this. There's practical theology. There's pastoral theology. It's a whole bunch of theologies. But watch this. But by the time you get to the doctoral theology, you've understood all the other forms of theology because now you're ready for the next level. See, it may look the same what you're going through, but you got to ask yourself a question. What level what level am I on? Because that dictates how you come through it. Y'all with me? Watch this. Look at verse 13. And I'm gonna stop right there and I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna get your feedback. But to the degree, remember I just told you about that, right? Different what? Levels. But to the degree that you what? Suffer. That you what? Sheer. Sheer. Here's the thing about your trials. How you can profit from your problems. You're not getting everything that you deserve. You are literally Christ is shearing in your suffering. He's there to lift the weight. That's why he told Paul. Paul says he went up to the third heaven, right? He saw all these things, right? But watch what Jesus said. He 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 petitioned the God God three times, and then God comes back. Jesus come back and said to him, "Hey man, my grace is sufficient enough." Amen. Your strength is perfected in weakness. And we are not literally going through our trials by ourselves. Christ is sharing in our suffering. He says, here's a contrast between James and Peter. They're saying the same thing, but they're just saying it in a different way. What does James say right after the comma Christ? What does he say? So what? So what? Keep on what? What did he say in James 1, 2? He says, consider it all. So now I see something. In In order for us to overcome disappointment, we have to learn how to keep our joy. And some of us, we allow the joy killers Trials to take our joy. Suffering to take our joy. When God has given us a blueprint on how to handle our problem. Amen. Give God a hand clap praise.